0: Money FM 89.3 Best of Breakfast Budget Preview 2023 brought to you by KPMG taking Singapore forward towards lasting paths
1: Thanks for staying with us here on Money FM 89.3. Now, Budget 2023 will set out how Singapore can secure its prospects in a troubled world as it prepares for a post-pandemic future. That's according to Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Lawrence Wong.
0: Yeah, he had a Facebook post and he outlined the theme for this year's budget. It's called Moving Forward in a New Era to Help Singaporeans Seize New Opportunities strengthen the nation's social compact and give assurance for families and Talking about assurance, all about the rising cost of living, layoffs. These are the top concerns many of them have, and these are expected to be addressed in this year's budget.
1: That's right. So, how will short term support be balanced against longer term goals like sustainability, especially with economists expecting a return to prudence after two years of COVID related spending? To help us focus in on the sustainability front, we're joined in the studio now by Mark Addy, Partner Energy and Natural Resources at KPMG. In Singapore. Good morning, Mark. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Good morning. Great to be here. Welcome to
1: the studio. Okay, so a key theme that's emerged post-pandemic is the fixed focus that governments and organizations across the globe have when it comes to sustainability. Here in Singapore, for example, we've seen a number of initiatives stemming from the Singapore Green Plan and from many businesses. It is time to put plans into action. But in order to do so, they need... Funding, that's where the budget comes in. What kind of support can we expect from this year's budget?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question. Perhaps taking a bigger picture view to Mm -hmm. start with. You made a good point earlier around how much focus we'll see on sustainability in this budget. Given that there are a number of other issues currently at play in the economy, we've got a lot of economic uncertainty. So Mm -hmm. I think sustainability can't be ignored. The question is, how much of a focus will it be in today's budget? And we're reaching a point with sustainability where companies need to transition to lower carbon solutions sooner rather than later. It's becoming quite urgent on a global scale, not just in, in Singapore. But the cost of doing that is very expensive. And funding is required to Mm. to support companies and and individuals in, in transitioning. Now, not all of that funding can come from the government. There is some support out there currently... But I think it requires working with the private sector, working with financial institutions to kind of create a ecosystem in Singapore where we have basically a base for banks to provide green financing to the ASEAN region as a whole, but also to Singapore to finance those green solutions. What we'd like to see at KPMG is an extension to the sustainable bond grant scheme. Uh, This currently expires in May 2023, uh, but it allows you to, to defray some of the costs associated with the bond issuance. We'd also like to see the the threshold for that reduced from 200 million because that kind of rules out a lot of the smaller scale energy transition projects that the smaller companies might want to embark upon. So that will be important to see. Also, perhaps a concessionary tax rate for for banks where they are providing green financing to companies that are looking at energy transition solutions.
1: When you're looking at an extension, what kind of timeline are you looking at?
2: I think at least a couple of years. Okay. Um, We're in a point now where a lot of companies have kind of been looking around to see what others are doing. We've now reached a point where it's becoming a lot more urgent. So I think Mm. a couple of years extension to that would help to at least defray some of the costs of financing um, some of these green projects.
0: Yeah, on that front, right, when you talk about financing, it actually goes beyond money because you have to get into the right frame of, um, I guess, your agenda and also push forward with the right programs. So KBMG has highlighted that Singapore can be a test bed for green technologies that can be replicated or scaled up across other ASEAN countries. And we are talking about things like energy storage, energy efficiency and distributed Generation to drive the low carbon agenda across various sectors. So what kind of incentives can we maybe look at to help drive this agenda
2: towards that target? Well, look, I think this comes back to the energy trilemma that you you mentioned earlier, and the fact that historically the most reliable and affordable energy has been high emission-based energy. What we now need to do is find alternative solutions for sustainable energy that is both secure and affordable. So making Singapore a testbed is certainly a key aspect of that, but I think what that requires is... Is collaboration and I mean collaboration between educational institutions the government and the private sector to really develop this kind of This system in Singapore whereby we are all working together to develop these creative solutions for alternative energy sources that can then be rolled out to the broader region and even globally. In order to encourage that, what we'd like to see is further incentivizing Mm R&D, particularly where there is a a sustainable outcome. So if you're doing R&D in Singapore, we want you to locate that here, but we want there to be a sustainable outcome to the Mm. R&D. And when I say further incentivize, I mean on top of the existing R&D incentives that exist within Singapore now, which are very generous, but additional tax credits or additional tax deductions for for that activity. And also enhanced capital allowances, so enhanced deductions for your fixed asset purchases, uh, where you're investing in energy-saving equipment, and also to encourage the adoption of AI to track the usage of, of energy as well, so we've got more reliable data
1: You know, Mark, when you mentioned the energy trilemma, just to recap that security, affordability, and sustainability, how far are we on that journey?
2: Well, I think we've come a long way in the past few years. Mm -hmm. If you look at where we were in 2018 when the carbon tax was first introduced, we were a long way off sustainability. I think if you now look at the targets of the government for the next decade and then up to 2050, we are certainly much further along in in that journey. But there's a lot more to do. And I think the carbon tax increases will help with that. Mm. I don't expect to see any increases to carbon tax or any changes to that in this budget because of what was announced last year. But I think that is now a signal that the government is really taking this seriously and that we need companies to start moving to greener solutions sooner rather than later.
1: And when we're looking at alternative fuels, there was a lot of conversation at Singapore International Energy Week last year about the push towards natural gas. What does that mean for us here in Singapore?
2: Well, look, I will caveat by saying that my expertise is the area of taxation. Mm -hmm. But I think if that is viewed by the government as a key way of finding sustainable energy, then it is something that needs to be pursued and we need to incentivize companies appropriately to locate those kind of activities in Singapore.
0: Yeah, Mark, talking about incentivizing companies on that front about efficiency and productivity, how can we get there? Is it more of a stick approach or the carrot approach now with the budget? And this year, having to focus on so many things, we've got to really prioritise our uh, targets in this sense.
2: Yeah, I I think you're right. And I think it requires a balance. So you talked about carrots and sticks. And I think tax policy has a huge impact on behaviours. And that is both penalizing behaviors that we don't want, so high emission type behaviors, and then rewarding behaviors that we do want, so switching to to lower carbon solutions, for example. So I think it's important to find that right balance, but I think it's now reached a point where we need to start relying on companies to take that leap themselves. If we can work on making an ecosystem of green financing available, expanding things like the Green Bond Framework, That will help to then encourage companies to shift towards those greener solutions. But it can't all come from from government support. So incentives, while they're available, we need to rely on companies to start making that leap. And to be honest, the market is starting to demand that. You know, consumers are starting to demand that companies start to shift towards sustainable solutions.
0: Budget Preview 2023, brought to you by KPMG. Find out how we can shape a fairer, greener and more inclusive world at kpmg.com.sg slash budget 2023.
1: We're speaking with Mark Addy, Partner Energy and Natural Resources at KPMG in Singapore. Speaking of tax, Mark, there's a key theme when it comes to green buildings. What kind of developments might we see on the tax front there?
2: Well, again, an interesting area, and I think there's probably two things to address when it comes to green buildings. Mm -hmm. One is making sure that new buildings are energy efficient. And the second is how we upgrade our older buildings, of which there are still quite a lot around, and make them more energy efficient, because they tend to be the ones that are the most inefficient. I think the first one is easier because the market demands it. Tenants demand these days that you have an energy efficient building. You don't have existing tenants that you need to move out. So it tends to be more straightforward to build a new building and make it energy efficient. Mm -hmm. The challenge is how do we make our older buildings more efficient? And I think that needs to be specifically incentivized. You know, what we'd like to see in that respect, for example, is a reduced tax rate on interest income earned by banks on loans that are given for redevelopment of, okay. of older buildings. It will encourage them to offer slightly cheaper financing for the redevelopment of the older buildings. And also GST rebates if you are importing green materials to make your building more energy efficient. We might also see property tax rebates, for example, if you have a period of non-occupancy. It's helpful to defray some of the costs of non-occupancy by giving a rebate for part of the property tax that you might suffer on that building while you're redeveloping it to make it slightly greener.
0: All right, from greener buildings, let's move on to greener roads. So you might have noticed more Teslas and other EVs (laughs) these days how do we get more of
2: them on the roads? What do we need to do to mm. incentivize more people to pick up EVs? Well, again, so I think there's a couple of options here, but in order to bring more people to driving electric vehicles, Singapore needs to have faster deployment of EV infrastructure. So there charging, charging stations available for people in order to adopt electric vehicles. You know, one option is, is to use the the stick that we talked about and bring forward the ban on petrol and diesel vehicles before... 2040. But that relies on us having the right infrastructure in place by that point in time to allow everyone to drive an electric vehicle. We've also got the, the subsidies, so the early adoption incentive and the vehicular emission scheme, which have proved very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can result in savings of about $45,000 for those right. who acquire electric vehicles. The early adoption incentive expires in 2023. We would like to see an extension of that up until 2025 to give a couple more years to defray some of those costs. The bigger question is, is that enough? Mm. Because electric vehicles, you're still paying a premium over and above what you would pay for a normal internal combustion engine car. So we may see the government considering other subsidies. It may be that they offer subsidised parking, for example, reduced ERP costs, which I'm sure would prove popular. And I think more broadly than that, changing consumer behaviours is a key feature of sustainability. It's not just governments and companies that need to change behaviour it's individual consumers as well. EV is one aspect of that. We might also see incentives around purchasing energy-efficient appliances, for example. So GST rebates or GST exemptions on certain energy-efficient appliances. And more broadly than that, improving education for people on things like recycling, mm. on sustainability, on the usage of, of energy. And I think it's important that we create this culture of sustainability across the entire society so that everybody has this mindset mm. you know, as we move forward. So it's more
0: holistic and it's a package of, um, I guess, um, behavior that we look at.
2: Yeah. Which work very successfully across certain other countries as well. You create this environment of sustainability and then everybody is moving in the same direction. So you don't then have to incentivise things so specifically to change behaviour.
1: Speaking of creating an environment of sustainability from infrastructure to embedding it in society we've also got to talk about workforce, right? Because uh, professionals and organisations that we've spoken to have said there's still a shortage of green manpower here in Singapore. What can the government do?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, competition is extremely high for Mm -hmm. for green manpower. And I think it's not just a a Singapore problem, it's actually a global problem. There is just a shortage of people that work in this area. And that's partly because of the acceleration in the decarbonisation agenda that we've seen over the past few years. And I think Education is still catching up with the drive for for decarbonisation, but in Singapore we want to put ourselves ahead of other countries when it comes mm-hmm. to attracting green manpower. And at KPG we think there are certain things that can be offered to companies in okay. terms of making it more attractive to locate here, if you are a sustainability specialist. The first being offering grants to companies to hire individuals to locate in Singapore, allowing them to offer more attractive packages. And then the broader benefit of that is that they can then train local Singaporeans in sustainability and upskill the local population. The second is to consider increasing the tax exemption for Mm -hmm. non-residents from 60 days to 90 days. Now, that allows people who maybe don't want to be based in Singapore permanently to spend a bit more time here and spend more time with local employees and training them up in sustainability agenda. So make Singapore more attractive for non-residents to spend a bit more time here. And then I think it's a case of them working with our educational institutions to build in sustainability into curriculums mm-hmm. and also add it into to school curricula to make sure that people are picking this up from an early age and back to that point around building this culture of sustainability throughout society.
1: That's great. Well, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to join us in the studio today.
2: All right, I've been sharing Mark Eddy. He is the
0: Partner for Energy and Natural Resources for KPMG in Singapore.
1: Thank you, Mark. Take care, and have a great budget day.
2: You too. Thank you.
0: Budget Preview 2023 brought to you by KPMG. Find out how we can shape a fairer, greener, and more inclusive world at kpmg.com.sg/budget2023.
2: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O.